Welcome to C. diff spores and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare associated infections and other related healthcare topics. Now, here is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome to the program, and thank you so much for joining us today. We would like to take this opportunity to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare. Visit the Clorox Healthcare website, cloroxhealthcare.com, to learn more about keeping environments safer with Clorox Healthcare. At this time, I would like to welcome our guest, Dr. Tomas Hediger, and he's here today to discuss hand hygiene transition from patient safety to social safety. Welcome, welcome to the program, Dr. Hediger. Thank you so much for having me. Hello, everyone. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and for being with us here today. And, Doctor, would you mind taking a moment to introduce yourself to our global listeners? Uh, thank you for the opportunity. And uh, I think it's very uh, particular that I come from uh, Hungary, a remote country uh, far out in Europe. And uh, technically speaking, I'm an engineer, which means that uh, I should not have a background in infection prevention and control. But uh, it happened, and therefore 10 years ago, I got introduced to the complex problem of hand hygiene. And since then, I completely uh, turned my life, and I believe that, that we should all do our best, best effort. And I can't uh, emphasize that enough to my students to my colleagues, to my family, and here on this show as well, that like people out there, we should take better attention to our hand hygiene. Absolutely, doctor. And thanks so much for, you know, letting everyone know that. And as a research engineer in medical robotics, what brought you to the world of infection prevention? I believe that uh, medical robotics is a wonderful domain. And on my daily job, I still deeply involved with uh, developing neurosurgical systems and, and other complex robotic products. But the problem with that, it takes like 20 years to get from theory to practice and really see patients and see the benefit or the, the fruits of your work. And I saw that in hand hygiene, we could do much better. I mean, there is just so much we should do that uh, when I face this whole problem of incomplete and inappropriate hand hygiene, hand disinfection, I decided that I would try to do uh, my best uh, together with a small team of colleagues and students and try to make a change, make a difference here. And you are, and thank you so much, Dr. Heidegger. And it seems evident that you named your solution Semmelweis Hand Hygiene System. Was that an easy pick for you? So when we started to look into this whole complex problem of hand hygiene with my colleagues, it was very obvious that Ignat Semmelweis, the Austro-Hungarian physician who lived like 150 years ago, he had a lot to do with it. So he was uh, one of the, the very early ones who recognized the importance of uh, disinfection in general and hand hygiene in particular. And despite the fact that he did a lot of what we call today evidence-based science, so he did compare at the General Hospital of Vienna in his wards the different attitudes, the different behaviors, the different solutions uh, applied to the hands and so beyond, like he could not convince his own peers. And he struggled over and over again, and he did so much effort when he moved back to Budapest uh, at his uh, next hospital, the Rokush Hospital, he had to build again the whole system, a complete system of infection prevention and control. So as an engineer and as, a, as really an enthusiast of, of health in general, I really thought that his career, well, it's not really a career, but his fate 
and, and whole life and achievement was, was very much uh, supporting the, the, the fact that we should do better, we could do better, given all the technology that we have, and we created something that is particularly what he envisioned 150 years ago, a digital hand disinfection checker, a controller. He would have loved to have it, I'm sure. I'm sure, too. And um, Dr. Heidegger, have you encountered the Semmelweis reflex? So during our work, getting introduced to this whole field uh, full of, of really talented and um, well-decorated medical doctors, uh, I mean, you really come shy as an engineer. And immediately, you know, tapping into this uh, very curious domain of, of hygiene and personal hygiene, we got a lot of refusal. So the, the people I started to work with, uh, one of my co-inventors, uh, Akush, he had so much disappointment in this whole field that people just rejected the idea to involve digital technology and computers in any kind of training and education and quality control in hand hygiene. And we took years, or it took us years to, to get through the first barriers because people said like, no, I, I, I don't care about my hands. My hands are always clean. People said, like, there is no need for any improvement. Even though their hospitals where numbers were terrible, we knew about it. If we talked face-to-face to the uh, IPC staff, they said, like, yes, there is tremendous room for improvement. But at VPMA level or, or at, at, you know, the senior uh, management, they said everything is okay. And, and this was very hard to turn. And I think that one of the advantages, the few advantages of what's happening currently in the world with the uh, COVID-19 situation is that, this has become obvious. People cannot deny anymore the important sense of hand hygiene, the important sense of disinfection, the, that we shall pay better, more attention to our people and to our patients. Thank you so much for sharing that. And um, Doctor, did you have an aha moment when the work started on the Similice system? Yes. Yeah, so, so imagine that, that you are there as a young, enthusiastic engineer and and you want to change the world of hand hygiene. So we started to develop prototypes, like crude engineering prototypes. They were ugly. Uh, they were, you know, using our equipment that we had in the laboratory. And it had nothing to do with, with fanciness or, or being cool. We just thought that functionally it should work. Uh, namely, it should be a product or a, or a prototype, rather, at that point, which is able to determine the quality, the outcome of your hand hygiene performance. So we used this... Um, uh, like generally well-known training solution, which has a fluorescent or kind of like a fluoroscopic dye, UV dye in the solution that either a gel or a hand rub, the alcohol-based ones, and add it to your hands the way you would normally do. After that, with digital imaging and computer image processing, we were able to determine which are the areas that you left out. And it looked looked great in the lab. And, you know, like (laughs) in theory... Everything is good, but when you bring it into practice, it just normally doesn't work. But this time, even though we had this very crude prototype, we brought it to the first uh, clinical partners, and they were super happy. They said, like, wow, so your computer, your, your gadget, your toy, whatever they called it at that time, that can really show me in green versus red where I missed some parts of my hand. That is cool. And this is a great moment for all of us because... You know, you get reward, immediate reward for your work as engineer, and that's actually motivated us to move forward and do something better. Start worrying about the, the outlook, start worrying about how, how it's going to reach the people. 
Because again, like being being in, a, in an engineering lab and, and doing great prototypes will not save the world by itself. So you really have to see the pathway in front of you through which you can get out from the lab and get let people get access uh, to your great innovation. Okay. And Dr. Heidegger, when did you start growing internationally? So, so again, like this, this was a whole path. So immediately we were told when we, we had this, this Semmelweis scanner at the first prototype that like, okay, guys, obviously you, you got something there because it's new. It seems like no one had this before, a digital evaluation, a digital technology or digital uh, health kind of solution for ev- evidence-based hand hygiene verification. Why don't you go out and get a patent? And when we applied for a patent and we, we got positive feedback, it seemed that like on an international level, there's something to, to get done. And Hungary is such a small country. Uh, we have like 120 hospitals in total. So, so getting there and, you know, getting feedback quickly from, from the biggest names in the domain, that's kind of easy. It was a good, uh, good first step to go to the Semmelweis University clinics and so. But it was obvious that we have to go immediately international. And, and we understood that, that, of course, neighboring countries like Austria, where Semmelweis uh, did start his uh, innovation and, and changing practices, or Germany and Switzerland, when hygiene standards are already high, going to be a natural um, kind of allies in, in this uh, crusade, so to say, against the all hospital-acquired infections. But soon we realized that um, uh, there is reality. And unfortunate enough, uh, in Europe, due to the... Um, yeah, well, we, sh- we should not uh, really judge anyone here, but we have a, a social system, social security system, which is different than what, uh, what people are used to in the United States, better reverse, and that does not really allow to introduce value-based innovation into the existing system. So after a few years of struggles, it was very obvious for us that we have to move overseas and we really have to develop somehow our reputation through partnerships, through clinical trials, through cooperation, through scientific collaborations to make sure that we get established overseas in the United States and in Canada, because otherwise it's just impossible to deliver what we, what we really want to have, that our solution, the Semmelweis scanner, gets used in every single hospital, every teaching university, and every, every training center so that people can learn and maintain a proper hand hygiene. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. And Dr. Heidegger, um, do you right now have a geographical focus well, I would say that with, with the pandemic situation, we should address every single country that reported the COVID cases uh, from all around the world. But, but we understand that this is still a major challenge. So as I mentioned, we, we do believe that the United States is now having a profound understanding on the importance of hand hygiene and how it's supposed to be monitored and brought into quality assessment and quality assurance systems. And we totally want to to be there to protect people working in the front line, to protect yourself when you go home. As a patient, uh, provide you the access to, to knowledge, how to do proper disinfection. So in, at every single area, geographic area, where there is an already advanced, developed culture for patient empowerment, culture for infection prevention, culture for looking behind, you know, what's, what's just imminent and and talking about prevention rather than treatment only, I think we, we do have to focus on. And we still have a very small team. 
So we have to step, uh, make gradual steps forward. But currently, I, I do believe that uh, based on or beyond it, 18 countries that we are present at, uh, most of those countries are in the EU. We, we're going to be able to move forward uh, these days to, to North America, uh, also like uh, Southeast Asia. We have some, some good uh, pickup because there are some uh, very good clinical centers. Or for example, in Hong Kong, we have very good connections from Singapore, but they really want to do better than the others. And I think this is, this is really important that we are looking for those kind of partners who can do better than others who want to do better. And we can support nurses, MDs, uh, even directors, or, or just the, the cleaning stuff, anyone who intends to improve in terms of hand hygiene. Absolutely. And doctor, thanks so much for sharing this and sharing the important information on um, hand hygiene that is in progress at this time. And at this time, we are going to pause our discussion for a commercial break and a word from our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare. When we return, we will continue our discussion with Dr. Tomas Heidegger on hand hygiene transition from patient safety to social safety. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? washed your hands. Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. The CDF Foundation offers global community support sessions. CDF can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety. Get answers to your questions. You're not alone. Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. To register for a session, call the CDF Foundation at 919-201-1512 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org. If you missed the live broadcast of C. diff spores and more, we invite you to listen at your leisure. In addition to the on-demand show on Voice America Health and Wellness, find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Take us with you worldwide. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. 
and welcome back to the program and thank you so much for joining us today. We're here with our guest, Dr. Tomas Heidegger, joining us to discuss hand hygiene transition from patient safety to social safety. And at this time, we would like to welcome Dr. Heidegger back to the program. Thank you so much for joining us, doctor. Thank you. And before the commercial, you so kindly introduced hand hygiene, how important it is. And do you have any recap you'd like to add or review before we go on to the next set um, that we're here? So I believe it's, uh, as a research engineer coming from a different background, I got convinced through evidence that it's most important to support any medical field with technology. And as engineers, we could do that when we realize that we have the power to create a system that objectively assess your hand hygiene. With some of my colleagues, we started to develop the Semmelweis hand hygiene system, which is still as of today the only such system in the world being able to provide you 100% accurate hand hygiene. And this is what we stand for. Wonderful. And Dr., you have um, published quite a bit uh, on your solution and applications. Was that your decision or rather an external requirement? Very early on when we recognized that, hey, we have something unique, uh, you know, a way to assess hand hygiene in a digital manner, it was a little bit like, you know, having a digital x-ray first time in medicine. So you can collect data on something that did not exist before. So we went out there immediately to our clinical partners, primarily at Semmelweis University and then at Akahan, Vienna and so beyond, and said like, look, ladies and gentlemen, we can support you in understanding what's happening out there in a, in a, in a detailed level down to the, you know, the, the square sub-inch size where you, you can really, really assess what's happening uh, with hand hygiene and we can verify protocols, we can, we can really ensure that compliance is at, at the top and so on. So we got a lot of positive feedback and for me, being a research engineer and then, then later on a, an academic um, working towards my, my tenureship, it was obvious that the publications are a good way to propagate your, your knowledge or kind of like uh, educate the world a little bit towards your direction. So we started to work uh, extensively towards peer-reviewed science and, and I can say today that probably we have the, the best published solution in the world and we can still, as of today, do massive amount of, of data collection to support our partners in the clinics. Thank you so much for sharing that. And Dr. Heidegger, what is the data that you are interested in most of all? And can we get, um, can we get to see what is on our hands? Yeah, I mean, that would be the, the, the really the... the holy grail of this whole thing to show each and every person what uh, bacteria, germ, virus they have on which part of their hands in, in what uh, CFU numbers or so, and, and be able to trace every single uh, transmission back to the source and say, like, this particular patient got sick because of that particular touch or improper disinfection. Unfortunately, that's, as of today, it's still impossible to be done, but we want to understand all these uh, phenomenon and processes happening around infection prevention and control through statistics. For that, we have to collect every single data that is available. So we are interested when hand hygiene happens, how it happens, at which particular area, who conducted, and most important, what's the outcome of that. So with all that, we can relay the, for example, the amount of hand, hand rub applied. We can relay that to the frequency. We can relay that through the to the location, 
to any particular infection ratio happening at that ward or department. Okay, and we understand that hand hygiene technique is so important. And how can you visualize the efficacy of hand hygiene? So, so normally, to, to really get a proof on, on the efficacy, you have to go to the microbiology lab and get the assessments, get the cultivations, do the colon counting and all that. You know, those take a lot of time and effort and they are costly. So once we did all these type of trials and, and control measures back at home, we were able to get a, an extremely high correlation between the results provided by the software, this AI solution that we developed, which is actually evaluating the images taken of your hands, to what we can, could measure back at home in the lab. So having that close correlation, now we are extremely confident that our uh, system semi-wise scanners on the field are showing you which are the areas that actually got cleaned on your hands and which are the areas we did not get cleaned. We can't tell you what's in there, but whatever you touched before, whatever you collected, whatever grew there, it's still there, so you better get 100% coverage and remove that all. Okay, and Dr. Hedegger, it leads to um, hand hygiene is behavioral change. However, it's hard to improve our habits, so how do you deal with the human natural resistance well, I think this is probably the most important lesson learned or, or really the, the, the hard nuts to crack because, I mean, showing people and demonstrate that they were good or bad or wrong or right with, with one particular thing, like they, they, left, they, they typically leave out, for example, the left thumb or, or areas on the back of, their palm, uh, back of their hand, that is okay. They face it, they recognize, they get ashamed or hopefully they get motivated to do better. But you really have to do it over and over and over again until hand hygiene becomes a second nature. And I think this is, this is really the point where we have to combine like behavioral science with the engineering technology that we developed, that through this AI algorithm, we are able to really look into the particular personalized details, like how about that particular nurse? Did he or she improve in that area that she used to or he used to miss a year ago? Can we relate that, that current performance to uh, old performance? All these comparison and improvement quality monitorings are becoming possible through digital data. And that's the biggest advantage that we can provide. And right now, um, Dr. Hedegger, your system is being utilized in different wards. So what is the major difference that you are seeing? Uh, I think it's, again, the attitude. So if we go to, like, a, a NICU, people there are typically very, very motivated to do their best. And we can support them, again, with this technology. This is a solution that ensures that you have 100% clean hands. Wonderful. So you're able to move forward with providing care. The same thing that parents are willing to do in a NICU. So there we, we, we really see that positive attitude. In, in other generic wards, uh, it's, uh, it's a lot less supportive, and some of the patients do not even understand the importance of hand hygiene. So there we have to do a, a very more reaching back to the ground roots of, of disinfection, why it's important. So we provide a real-time training along with the quality assessment, so we are able to you know, train and then provide the feedback to the people employing our technology. 
Okay, that's wonderful. And Dr. Hedegger, are patients and visitors also involved? Uh, wherever we can, we recommend hospitals. And I think, again, like this uh, COVID situation showed us that there is a tremendous importance in providing enough education and training to, to, to the visitors and the patients themselves. So this is, again, a technology and a solution that can be combined with any e-learning components, any personalized mobile applications, so that it reminds you to get your own hand hygiene training get accustomed to do proper hand hygiene, and that's the kind of quality control that the semi scanner can only provide you. So through this, I, I totally believe that, that it is, is one of the, the primary assets that you can provide, because normally if you go into hospitals, no one uh, is there to teach you, to, to show you the basics. There, we don't have enough human resources for that, unfortunately. No, we don't. And... Thank you so much for sharing that information, Dr. Hedegger. And at this time, we are going to pause our discussion for a commercial break. And when we return, we will continue our discussion with Dr. Tamas Hedegger on hand hygiene transition from patient safety to social safety. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products, EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes, trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. To help support the C. diff foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate or call toll free 1-844-4-C-DIFF. That's 1-844-367-2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. The CDF Foundation offers global community support sessions. CDF can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety. Get answers to your questions. You're not alone. Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. To register for a session, call the C. diff Foundation at 919-201-1512 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. 
Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and thank you so much for joining us today. Our guest, Tomas Hediger, joins us today to discuss hand hygiene transition from patient safety to social safety. And at this time, we would like to welcome Dr. Hediger back to the program. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. And Dr. Hediger, before commercial, uh, you were kind enough to review some information about the published data and behavioral change. Would you like to take a moment and recap Absolutely, uh, with pleasure. So as an engineer, I totally believe in, in data and evidence. And, and one thing that, that I learned through my training that if there is a problem, try to de- develop a solution for that. And when I first encountered hospital-acquired infections as a problem and recognized the volume of it on a global scale, I decided to do my utmost to, to develop some kind of, first it's supposed to be a gadget, but it became more like a complete solution, the semi-wise hand hygiene system, which is able to turn it down or trans- translate it to data. And with data, we can, we can fight, we can, we can defend, we can do whatever we want to our best effort. So it supports us tremendously in achieving better hand hygiene and better patient safety. Thank you so much for that recap. And Dr. Hedegger, you had mentioned that you are relying on artificial intelligence to solve the problems of hand hygiene. What does that mean to the infection control professionals? Um, So again, like uh, artificial intelligence has become a very uh, hype term and people turn to AI in, in, in every single problem they have. But we started it actually before the hype. Because we understood that uh, the data is key here. And the more data you get, the better algorithms you can program uh, because they're going to learn themselves through the existing data and try to make a better estimate of what's happening. And I think one of the, one of the hard knots, again, with, with hand hygiene used to be that people are so different. Our hands are so different in size, in skin tone, in, in the form, in the shapes, how the, the alcohol-based hand rub is being applied. So it's not a simple problem that you can simply program and find a, a closed format solution to resolve. So we needed to collect a lot of data, and that's why it's important. We started this like many years ago and having tens of thousands of assessed and, and, and then evaluated professionally uh, segmented and marked uh, annotated images, so to say, in the medical term, through which we are able to, to teach our AI algorithms to do a better job and then Every single measurement that you take with the standardized system will improve this common knowledge so the AI will do a better job the next time. And I think this is a tremendous opportunity to keep on improving. Exactly. And Dr. Henniger, you have developed quite a strong network of collaboration internationally. What do you, for example, um, what do you do with the World Health Organization? So uh, our collaboration is uh, not just uh, with WHO or not particularly with WHO, but uh, they... So WHO has this private organization for patient safety uh, outreach program through which they they collected uh, probably almost 10 years ago uh, the biggest companies in the world dealing with hand hygiene as a patient safety issue. So so all the big ones are sitting at a table and uh, through the kind invitation of uh, Professor Didier Pitay, uh, at Ashuje Geneva, uh, the professor who, who pretty much like dedicated his, his entire life to, to hand hygiene. 
So we got an invitation as a startup already to join this community and try to put in this unique technology and this unique attitude that we developed that coming from the engineering domain, we are really willing to do evidence-based hand hygiene a reality. So through them, we are able to collaborate on a, on a regular basis. Just two weeks ago, we had our, of course, virtual meeting. Now this time together, not in physically in Geneva, and trying to share share what's new, share really we, we share like, like years ahead with each other what we are working on so that we can better advance the whole field for the benefit of patients. Thank you. And Dr. Hedeker, we have heard of a new international standard being drafted. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So yes, indeed, um, uh, three years ago, uh, a new working group was formulated until under ISO as the International Standardization Organization, and this is numbered the, the 23447. And this is interesting because uh, this is, is going to be one of the first global hand hygiene standards uh, when it gets approved, hopefully by the end of this calendar year. And there, at an international level, we have been working very hard to establish the basic requirements of uh, facilities and care providers, how to approach hand hygiene as a system problem. So how to make sure that they provide the right tools, the right uh, supportive materials, how, to, how they facilitate the culture, how they foster patient interaction so that everything comes together uh, and results in a, in a much better infection control through improved hand hygiene. And hopefully over the years, this standard is going to get a lot of uh, uptake and, and that we're going to see a lot of hospitals being audited through this and say, like, this, this will mean just like when you walk into a Michelin star restaurant that, hey, something really good is supposed to happen to you here. So hospitals who follow those guidelines in that ISO standards, hopefully you will have that assurance that when you walk in there, you are in safe hands. Wonderful analogy. We like that too. And Dr. Hedinger, we understand that you've been working towards evidence-based hand hygiene. Can you explain what that does, what that means? So traditionally, we are able to assess hand hygiene only through proxies, like the number of outbreaks, number of infections, number of people getting sick. That's very negative. I mean, I don't like counting those those events and HEI numbers and, and, you know, just going through those statistics makes me depressed. So how about like being preventive and really looking into, into the, the actual happening, the, the, the fact that we, when we are performing hand hygiene, there could be an objective indicator of how well you clean your hand, how well did you disinfect all your surfaces. And this is what we can do. Through the standardized scanner, you're able to tell that like identify each and every area or domain on your skin surface that did not get, probably did not get enough disinfectant. And this is, this is what I call evidence because then you know exactly what you need to do to get 100% disinfection. Okay, thank you, Dr. Hedinger. And doctor, can you explain what other research effort does hand and scan conduct? So hand and scan is the small startup team behind this whole innovation. And uh, we have been working uh, together with the, with the international community thoroughly to, to, to really identify with our data and data assessment capabilities the missing spot. So there are a couple of open questions like, how much hand rub should we apply? For how long should we apply uh, those hand rub? What, what is the outcome? What is the perfect technique? So we are conducting all these large scale experiments now so that they're gonna be tremendous amount of data and statistics 
going to give answer to all those burning questions. And also one, one major de- uh, development that we have been working on to apply the same concept, not only to alcohol-based hand rubs, but to soap and water. And lastly, we introduced this solution because we understand for CDF, for example, it's utmost, it has utmost important to do the, the, the thorough rubbing, rubbing off uh, every, all the spores from your hands. And this is the same protocol. So the international recommendations give you the same protocol for, for soap and water hand hygiene that for, for alcohol-based hand rubbing. And with our technology now, we can teach, train, and evaluate both of them. Thank you so much. And Dr. Hannah, now that you have showed that there are major issues with the hand hygiene practices and the infrastructure of it, what, what comes next? So we are trying to link these dots. So we went out to, to hospitals from Singapore to, to Baltimore, and we measured you know, the, the, the ground knowledge of, of the nurses and, and the accredited staff. And we found that like, typically, even after training session, one third of the people fail to completely cover their hands. And we, have, we started to investigate that, how it's linked to, to bad habits. Like they don't get enough uh, alcohol, for example, because if you don't take enough hand rub, naturally you cannot cover all your hand surfaces. And what this, we discovered through that, and I think this is probably the next big thing that we, we can move along, that many, at least in Europe, uh, significant amount, this means double-digit percentages of all dispensers mounted in the clinics are faulty. Or what I mean there by faulty, they're leaking. So they, over the time, they relax or release some of the liquid content in their pump system, so when you press them or apply them or turn to them, you do not get the volume that you're supposed to. The fundamental problem there, that it means that you get something, you believe you get the perception that you're doing your job, you're cleaning your hands, but factually you were only given a portion, a fraction, like a quarter or, or a tenth sometimes of the volume that is required to cover your hands. Therefore, you will leave with inadequate hand hygiene and whatever germs were on your hands will continue to grow there and you're going to have the false understanding that you clean your hands. And I think this is very dangerous. We want to change that through some introducing some quality assessment and quality measures for the infrastructure itself. Thank you so much, Dr. Hedger. And we have four minutes before we break for a commercial. And at this time, may we ask you if you wouldn't mind explaining the steps that you take when you're using a hand and scan unit? So exactly what, what for us is important that the scanning uh, with our technology is kind of, it's a training and educational system primarily, but when you, when you use it, it should become part of the workflow. So you just walk by it, you get identified through your badge or through any other ID type that you are carrying, and you take enough from the dispenser, you perform your regular hand rubbing, and you insert your hands into the machine. And what happens then, we simply take images. Under UV light, it t- take a photograph, a CCD camera is recording what's on your hands, and then comes the tray because all what we did in the past year is developing the AI algorithm that's going to then, in a detail, segment and understand which areas on your hands got disinfectant and which did not get. And I think this, this, is, this is important because if we, if we recall uh, from, from, you know, like training on any, any such system without receiving a feedback, Humans are, are terrible learners. So we, we did some comparison studies 
that like we did not show the outcome to the to the staff. So they had to perform, they got scanned, but we didn't tell them the outcome. And they, they, they couldn't improve. Even though they knew they were monitored, so they tried to do their best, they committed to the same and same mistakes, leaving their thumbs, their, their edges out uh, from this infection. And I think this is, this is the, the primary benefit of having such a system that all of a sudden we can visualize that. Because you get, you get right there on a screen uh, in a graphical illustration in re- showing in red which are the skin areas that you forgot about or you missed. And it can be customized to your technique. It can be customized to your protocol. But down the, down the line, I mean, we all understand that hand hygiene is about treating all our hand surfaces. And then the same thing continues then. then once you un- learn how to do that, you, of course, have to understand how often you have to repeat it, how to, how to make no mistakes without paying attention. Because obviously, if one of the, the ICU nurses, I mean, they have to perform 100, 120 uh, hand hygiene occasions throughout their shift. We can be there every moment. But if you perform enough, and this is where we involve uh, behavioral scientists to, to get those kind of objective numbers, how well is your training? How well can we, can we support you? Like, you know, a, mo- a measurement in the morning, probably going to assure that you maintain that good habit throughout the day, throughout your shift, or returning every month to your ward that helps you to refresh your memories, your physical, your muscle memory, how to correctly perform hand hygiene. All these things are now becoming feasible and real through digital health technologies. Okay, thank you so much, Dr. Hedinger. And at this time, we are going to pause our discussion for a commercial break, and we will hear a word from our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare. And when we return, we will continue our discussion with Dr. Tomas Hedinger on hand hygiene transition from patient safety to social safety. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. The CDF Foundation offers global community support sessions. CDF can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety. Get answers to your questions. You're not alone. Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. To register for a session, call the C. diff Foundation at 919-201-1512 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org. To help support the CDF Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate, or call toll free 1 844 4 CDIF. That's 1 844 367 2343. 
Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and thank you so much for joining us today on C. diff spores and more. We're here with our guest, Tomas Hediger, joining us to discuss hand hygiene transition from patient safety to social safety. And at this time, we would like to welcome Dr. Hediger back to the program. Thanks for joining us today. Good to be here, Nancy. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. And Dr. Hediger, what what is on your research agenda for this year, 2021? I mean, uh, we have two things to solve. I mean, uh, one is uh, coronavirus, and the second is hand hygiene, and uh, the two are interlinked. Uh, while lucky enough, the, the, the biggest part of the smartest people on the world now working on this uh, COVID-19-related problem, uh, we can still solve hand hygiene and, and make it better. And I do understand that that needs a lot of input. And then to make hand hygiene common, commonplace, like a good practice for every single human being on earth, I think we have to improve quite a bit on, uh, on the easiness of it. So, so if you look into that, like we, we understood that through technology now we can provide this very rigorous training, we can monitor people, we can check back, but we have to also be light. So, so we started to work on gamification to reach out to kindergarten, to primary schools, to, to really elevate kids, uh, th- their knowledge and their skills in terms of proper self-hygiene and hand hygiene within. And I think this is very rewarding. So, so when I meet people and, and also like later when, when doctoral students then come back to me years later and they say like, I remember your your Semmelweis scanner uh, from, from grad school when, when we, we had to pass it before the exam for surgery and I was so nervous of that but ever since every single time I go into a ward I, I keep remembering it Whenever people keep, keep telling me that nowadays that I show them so many gross images of, of bacteria and germs on their hands and, and told them really how to do, do remove them properly they pay attention to that before they go to eat I think mean, this is really what we, what we wanted to achieve and what we, what we wanted to do and, and there are so many important questions like, like the uh, rheological models of the skin, how dry skins are, what's the ideal composition of stuff. We are aligning our research with WHO and other major, uh, like CDC and other major um, professional organizations and institutions across the world to, to really progress the domain. Exactly. Um, there's nothing more important than education and skills, and it, you know, it's never too young to start, is it? <laughs> Yeah, we, we should start and push our boundaries, I believe. Exactly. And Dr. Hedger, are you active outside of the healthcare and medical field as well? Uh, I'm trying to be. So, so on my daily job, I'm associate professor at Oberlin University. I'm running a university research and innovation center where 
many of our innovations are not even related to healthcare. Uh, today, for example, I've all day been working on a robot that, that fully automates slaughterhouses. And uh, that, that's one concept that we have been pushing forward with in, a, in the EU grant together with some Norwegian partners. And there are tremendous other opportunities to, to experiment with our, our knowledge and extend our engineering knowledge. That's wonderful. And what have you gained in person from your project and your venture? So I believe that uh, developing and inventing and then developing the Semmelweis scanner and the whole whole project uh, that, that it led to brought me a lot of lot of great people and, and, and connections that I, I'm, I'm tremendously grateful forever. So all the professionals that, that supported us, all the mentors, uh, all the peers uh, that I learned so much from them, both in terms of professionalism and also from from human merit and how to how to be a good expert. Because you know, it's one thing that that having the the domain knowledge and having being a good scientist, but being a good person in the meanwhile, that's also important. Exactly. And Dr. Hedinger, if people want to get engaged with you in research collaboration, how can they reach you? So we are absolutely open to collaborations because we believe that, that we can support uh, sites across the globe with, with our uh, technology and solutions. And uh, you should start uh, with visiting our website. It's www.handinscan.us. So you're going to get our, all our contact details there. And I believe that, that if, if you have a research question that you probably could not resolve or you, it was deemed too expensive because of the HR requirements in terms of, you know, assessing thousands of hand hygiene individually, we can, we can help you with that. So we, are, we have done so many custom development for our clinical partners that resulted then in, then in great science. So we are happy to push that forward, uh, and then hopefully we can, we can together solve this, these issues with patient safety. Fantastic. And Dr. Hedinger, are you open to being deployed at new sites in the States? Absolutely. So we are currently uh, getting engaged with, with many partners on uh, both uh, coasts and in between. And, and again, like I think that uh, uh, our future vision is that, that this uh, solution, the Semmelweis scanner, is going to be there at every single corner. So primarily, of course, in the, in the, the, the nursing schools and then in the medical uh, doctor programs and the, the teaching hospitals. But then again, I want to see it at every single coffee house eventually because if I enter a room or a public building or a library, uh, I want to make sure that the people who are going to touch that doorknob, they clean their hands. And I think this is what we, we have to adhere to in the future, that good practices that now we are developing in terms of protecting ourselves, protecting each other from viruses, from germs, they should stay with us. And we will be happy to be one of those core technologies supporting larger communities in that journey. Thank you so much, Dr. Hedinger. And can you explain and share this information with our global listeners as how they can contact you? Yep. Uh, we are online, as I mentioned, www.handinscan.us. Also, uh, under my name, I'm luckily I'm the only one running around as Thomas Heidegger uh, on the globe. So on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, all uh, instant messaging programs, the people can find me and hopefully get in touch with me. That's wonderful. And doctor, before we close the program, can you explain about the hand and scan? Is the data 
um, stored in the unit, or is it connected to an, an individual computer? So, so we are very happy to, to see that the data is becoming the key. So we, we did all our development to comply with HIPAA requirements, with the GDPR and other global standards for, for uh, patient record safety and, and personal data safety and security. And this means that, uh, that every sensitive data is, is only getting or not even getting stored. So we use the logging system, everything, the locational information, uh, just to identify the situation. And all we, all we need is pretty much like linking an event to the outcome. And so that you get it to your personal, uh, personalized account, so there is a cloud uh, platform which supports the, all the computations, all the assessment, and all the, you know, the historical data that generation through which hospital managers are really able to develop this whole platform into a quality assurance program. So you can compare historical data to current data and also relate, hopefully, to future targets so that we can really go out and reach out to people and say, like, getting, sending out push notifications like, hey, Dr. John, I see you haven't, haven't really tested your hand hygiene skills in the past three days. Don't you want to come up, walk up to one of our standardized scanners and get tested? You can get a reward like a coffee card down then in the canteen. So all these, all these tiny games and, um, and, and little buzzes can, can help to, to make this whole issue of hand hygiene more humane, and I think this is very important to bring it closer to both, both the, the care providers and both, both the patients, because we have to solve it all together. Absolutely. And Dr. Hedger, we cannot thank you enough for joining us today on C. diff spores and more, and so grateful for your dedication in infection prevention community and all of your IT developments And at this time, uh, we wish to acknowledge the organizations around the globe dedicated to improving health through research and developing new products to address C. difficile infection, prevention treatments, protecting the gut microbiome, clinical trials, diagnostics, and environmental safety products worldwide. To learn more about clinical trials focused on C. diff infections and recurrent C. diff, please visit the C. diff Foundation's website, cdifffoundation.org. Help them to help you to help others. To learn more about upcoming events that you will not want to miss out on, please visit the CDF Foundation's website. And at this time, we'd like to send out a special thank you to Siri Therapeutics for being the diamond sponsor of the 9th Annual International CDF Conference and Health Expo live online two-day conference taking place on November 4th and 5th this year. At this time, we send out our get well wishes to all of the patients being treated for and recovering from a C. diff infection and the many wellness-draining illnesses being combated across the globe, especially the COVID-19. And I'm your host, Nancy Corrala, with our reminder that none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. We wish you good health, continued healing, and a good day. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Kerala, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, that's 1 p.m. Eastern Time, for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together.